All right. Good morning, everybody. Happy end of the season. Um, very excited to have you guys join this, uh, this morning. Uh, hashtag BKOT. We're on episode number 35. Very special guest today and talking about um, uh, consultative selling and lead generation, right? It's time to start thinking about that for the new season. So we have with us uh, the founder of Dream Firms, Tyler Clark. Tyler, thank you so much for taking time out today. Um, so please tell us all about Tyler. Hey, I just want to uh, start off by saying thank you to you, Chris and Sean and the entire Integrity team. You guys have a, a heck of a product that a lot of our clients happily uh, utilize to the fullest. So uh, it's an honor to be a part of this. So um, just let me say thank you to everyone right now who's an, a client of Integrity. And you guys got to watch this because we're going to have some killer information that you got to pay attention to. So as Chris mentioned, my name is Tyler S. Clark. I am the co-founder of Dream Firms, co-founded with my fiance, Marine Laurent. And what we really specialize in is creating generational wealth and impact for accounting professionals by systemizing how they attract, win, and retain the business of their dream clients. And obviously retention is super important and where uh, this this conversation with integrity comes into play. My journey starts um, in a little bit of a weird way, but just give me a little bit of a chance to explain here. So there's never been a moment in my life where sales and marketing specifically for the accounting profession has not been a part of it. Uh, and the reason that's true is my grandfather started an incredibly successful accounting firm. And he used my father as his sales representative and the idea of a sales representative for an accounting firm in the 70s was considered heresy. And so we developed a lot of really cool techniques and a lot of cool marketing ideas. Uh, many of the pricing and marketing and sales strategies that are commonplace in the marketplace today are because of my grandfather and my father. And the reason they're common is my father 30 years ago launched the first ever marketing consulting firm specifically for accounting professionals known as New Clients Incorporated. They've worked with thousands of firms over their 30 year history. And I am just a little over 30. So there is the origin. I, I literally grew up around the dinner table. Mommy, daddy, how do we get our accounting clients even better results? And uh, ended up joining the NCI team, spent five years as a digital marketing and growth expert for my uh, father's company, as well as for our clients at the time. And then we launched our own accounting firm. We added six figures of new non-referral growth to it two years in a row before a successful exit. And then we launched Dream Firms and we've been around for about uh, three years now. We've got well over a thousand clients. Uh, we've got a couple of really cool products, some incredible success stories. Um, our clients are just the best. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a high level summary of how I got started. I not only teach this, but have successfully done it myself here, Chris, and happy to uh, share any advice or guidance that you feel will be applicable for anybody listening. Yes, no, it's awesome. And did you know that, so uh, I'll be 39 this year, almost 40. And I was reading on LinkedIn yesterday that I'm considered in a geriatric millennial. I don't really know if I like that term, geriatric millennial. It, makes, it, it sounds like I'm wise and, 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 and informed, but then like um, I don't know anything about technology. It's that born in that 80 to 85 year mark. And I was just laughing at the title. And of course, friends and colleagues are making fun of me, but it's that before the internet age of how to, you know, uh, work and speak and 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 without uh, devices and, and and mobile technology, but then able to adapt 
to the new generation that is, you know, head first in all this technology. So that leads me to say uh, lead generation, right? So much has changed um, being a geriatric millennial in, 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 in the last 30 years. Um, firms looking to gear up for the next season. I mean, wh where, where do they start? It's a fantastic question. And, and I, I completely understand where you're coming from, Chris, which is bridging the gap between generations, right? There's a, there's a really old way of doing things that still has merit. And, and I like to be perfectly clear about that. Um, just because something's a little older doesn't necessarily mean it's not effective, maybe a little right. less effective than the way it used to be. And that's where Dream Firms really shines, in my opinion, is, is we have the opportunity to, to reflect on what is working and also being able to understand that there's a newer way of doing things that quite frankly requires a little bit less effort over the long term, as long as we set it up right in the short term. So that's, um, that to me is where I like to start the conversation about lead generation is I don't like the idea that my clients would need to continuously trade their time in order to get the same result, right? A system as we define it here at Dream Firms is a repeatable uh, process that delivers predictable results where we achieve maximum leverage. And the problem with most accounting firms is they have no systems as it relates to their lead generation. And the closest thing they'd have to a system is referrals, which is great. Again, I'm not, trust me, I love referrals as much as anybody else, but to solely rely and depend upon them comes with a lack of predictability. And, and quite frankly, it's, um, it's a slow way to, to get to where most people want with relatively aggressive growth goals. So lead generation to me is starts with identifying who you really want to work with, and then what's the most effective and efficient way to get in front of them and deliver a message that gets them to say, ooh, ooh, ooh right, you're, you're speaking to me. That's exactly what I want to make sure my clients are capable of doing. Um, so we start at a foundational level with lead generation. We, we bring it back to the basics and and once we have that who, the, the what and the how, they're really not that, that difficult, but they are different in terms of if you want to attract medical companies and doctors, you're not going to necessarily go about it the same way when you're talking about construction companies and, and, and trade workers. Uh, there's different ways to speak to those audiences, and, and it's important to understand what those are before we even talk about Facebook ads or Google ads or LinkedIn or, or networking or any of the various tactics that are available to you, we have to always just zoom out a little bit first, get very specific, and then we will achieve efficiency. All right. Yeah. If you don't have a, your vision, your goal of, of what you want to target in the beginning, and you just kind of want everybody, I mean, it's just, that's just not going to work. And, 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 in reaching out to strangers, you know, essentially and prospective clients, you have to be creative and it's going to take some different touch points um, in order to do this. It could be a phone call, you know, old school way, it could be an email, it could be LinkedIn, um, social media. Um, is there any specific way that you find um, in reaching out, let's say we're doing uh, the healthcare industry, right? Is there any specific way in, in different industries that you find that work more effectively or it's always a combination of different um, tactics? Fantastic question, Chris. And I, I wanna key in on one thing you said there because there's an old adage in, in advertising and marketing that gets used a lot and you, you represented it the correct way. And the way most people 
uh, think of this as you have to see something seven times before they take action on it. So that means if you drive by the same billboard seven times, you're gonna now call that billboard, right? It's like, eh, it doesn't actually work like that. It's seven different touch points. And Chris rattled off a couple there, right? We've got maybe a social media post. We've got a direct message on social media. We've got a, we've got a call, we've got an email. We've got all of these different uh, avenues available to us to communicate, to start to build trust. And that to me is what marketing is. It's, it's the most efficient and effective way to build trust with your audience. And when you can do that with creative means, and I, and I like to be careful about saying creative because creativity can be manufactured. Um, but a lot of accounting professionals, they hear creativity and they, they, they tense up and I go, no, 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 we can, we can have easy ways of going about this that are again, systemized, templated, things that allow us to scale quickly and get increased results without requiring you to step outside of your comfort zone too far at least um, and get the results that you are looking for. So um, you asked the question about medical professionals and what's the most effective way to go about uh, targeting them and, and working with them. And so we don't practice um, malpractice here, just like I hope doctors don't practice malpractice either, right? So I like to make sure when I give advice that it's specific, but I like to also make sure that even if you're not looking to target medical companies, that the advice I'm going to give is going to be applicable for, for uh, who you are looking to target. So there are really, um, in my opinion, there's really only two ways that you can successfully grow your company, okay, or your firm. You can go one-to-one, -one, as Chris indicated a little bit earlier, right? You can directly reach out and tap that medical doctor on the shoulder and say, hey, this is what we do. This is who we are. Can we talk, right? Straightforward. And that's fine. And I, I love one-to-one. -one. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a great way to build relationships, but it can be a little bit slower because it's ping, 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 ping. However, there's another strategy that I absolutely love. And I always give credit when possible where it is due. And this is straight from Russell Brunson and um, the ClickFunnels community. I'm a ClickFunnels certified partner. I'm the only one dedicated to the accounting industry um, with the expertise we have in ClickFunnels and funnel building. So my, my point is, is he references something known as Dream 100. And Dream 100 is what I'm doing with Chris right now, just to be perfectly transparent. Integrity has a certain amount of trust in the accounting space. They've already facilitated a meaningful uh, relationship. They already have an audience. And by being able to go and speak to Chris, I now have been able to tap into the trust that he's built with integrity and what Sean has built with integrity and the whole team there and all their clients, they now get to see this and go, who's dream firms? What are they all about? And now the odds that you listen to me are higher because we're one to many now. So one to one, ding, 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 ding. But now I go one to many. I go to someone who already has the audience of the people I want to work with. And you can just replace Chris and integrity with the go-to marketers for medical professionals, the go-to software company for medical companies, the go-to whoever for medical companies. And that's, um, that to me is the most efficient and effective way to grow irrespective of niche. Uh, but you can do multiple things simultaneously to, uh, to increase the likelihood that someone does want to host you on their podcast, that you can build your own community. Uh, so anyway, I know that's a long-winded answer, Chris, but I like to be thorough. No, yeah, that, that's spot on. I like it because in order to be, um, in order to be successful, you, right, you lay down the foundation. Now you have your, your target audience as a firm, and now you need to attract the talent. Right. So now you're starting there and now you have the talent in front of you. Right. And so 
uh, your target in front of you. And now you're trying to figure out what to do. So there's so many different approaches and, and I'm, I've worked in different industries, but I've always done what I do right now in, 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 in sales and marketing. Because you have the you know, traditional way of selling, you have product um, based, you have a solution based, but then you have consultative selling. And I've tried each one of them, but I find that consultative is the best way. Now, in doing this with clients, right, um, is how, how the the the, the uh, uh, your your audience is your your the person that you've been targeting is there, ready to rock and roll, and, and interested. So what are the next steps, right? Do you always stick to your bread and butter? Do you always kind of um, be like agile and different approaches or should you always stay with like a consultative selling approach with everybody? Yeah, I, I love the question. And there are definitely a number of, of great methods that I think are, are, are can have different results for different industries as you keyed in, right? I mean, when you're really in a product space, uh, you're gonna have a lot of product and you're gonna stay focused on the benefits of that product. And the consultative side of things, I'll go back to it's really about building the relationship. It's it's being fiercely curious about the individual themselves and their problems and, and ultimately why they're here in the first place. What is it that they're not currently getting that they feel they should? Because the service industry is kind of funny in the sense that you're buying something that's invisible in many, many respects. Yes, we can have the websites, we can have the funnels, we can have the, the testimonials, we can, we can have all those things, but... At the end of the day, that, that person on the other end of the line is trying to understand, do I trust you enough to buy from you? Because you're making a promise that hopefully you will do what you say you will do when you say you will do it, which to me is the definition of professionalism. And I'm trying to gauge whether or not that's true. And the way in which you can increase your perceived value, right? Value is a super hot topic in accounting, rightfully so. And when you're looking to increase value, remember, perception is your reality. And so if you can increase your overall perceived value based on how you conduct a consultation, and a consultation is literally, you're looking to understand that person's situation, give them a tiny bit of guidance that shows them that you can meet your promises, right? This is the equivalence of like, don't give away the farm. A lot of people give away so much free info. There's free info seekers, but there's a happy middle ground here, right? And the happy middle ground is make sure that you can show them that you know your stuff, and you can draw the line before they become a paying client. Because just like I said earlier, right? We don't do malpractice, marketing malpractice. You don't wanna do accounting malpractice. You can't even give the advice and guidance that someone would need on that initial free consultation because you don't know enough. There's, you, you, it's impossible. So there's a, there is a happy balance here in that sales role where we are building the relationship by being fiercely curious, but still being able to give a little bit of information from that consultative approach specific to their situation. And then we need to transition into, there is so much more we can accomplish and here's how. And that how, to your point, Chris, about what is the variance? What is the variable? Or are we really just, bah, 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 bah? the variance comes in as if you're listening to what they're saying you're gonna just tweak your presentation a little bit to have a little bit more emphasis on their primary pain point. And as long as you do that, I'm just gonna say you've given yourself the best chance possible of being able to convert that person and uh, walk away with a, a new dream client. Yep, exactly. Um, myself, that does that, that's the approach that I do with um, our clients. And, and 
everybody's needs are different. I mean, staffing is, is the number one issue. We're here to address that. But there's still some nuances to it because not everybody just needs a tax preparer. Not everyone just needs a, an accountant right, or a bookkeeper. They've realized, and through our, um, our, um, our, our call, our meeting, that, wait a second, you know, I have about two to three hours a day of administrative work that through our, our conversation that we've come to realize they don't need a technical role. They actually need virtual assistant and admin support. And a lot of times this happens and find, finding the root cause of why they're there and, and digging in. And then we have that aha moment. And now rather than looking at you know, a technical role, they're looking at a non-technical role. And it's exciting because we figured this out together and it's the best part. And then we provide them the staff and they're able to start working. Um, when you're working with your clients, do you, what, where, where do you see you having that like aha moment come to them where they realize, wow, this will work or this uh, going in this direction is definitely going to you know, produce the results I want for my firm? That's a, that's a fantastic question. Uh, and, and thank you for asking it. I'll say that the, the, the first eureka moment really happens extremely early, right? To me, you can gauge the salt of an investment that you've made with how quickly do you get the, the aha moment or a big win very early when you're involved with a service company. And I emphasize this because when you sign someone up, right, that is not the time where we relax, right? That's when we need to prove the power of the promise that we just made. So how efficient your onboarding is and all of the different things that go into successfully bringing them from, okay, right, handshake to let's deliver and meet the promises is mission critical. And for us, the one thing that, that I, I absolutely love as a compliment that we receive regularly is we take our clients from doers to directors. And this is the, uh, you know, the famous book, The E-Myth is great technicians, great at what they do, great technical expertise. But now we're getting into this realm of hiring, training, sales, marketing, all of team management, all of these different things. And that transition requires that we need to think a little differently first. And the way we get our clients to think differently is by breaking it down into five, uh, the, what we refer to as the five pillars of, of your business and every business, marketing, sales, fulfillment, uh, sorry, delivery, operations, and, and finance and understanding how many systems we have operational in these business, in these various pillars, and where's the time being spent by the owner, and is it on a high level, money-making, meaningful activities, or are we finding ourselves in the minutia? Still very important things, please don't get me wrong, but is it the role of the owner to be in that minutia? So we love just getting clear on that, super clear on where you are right now. And then we look towards the future and we go, the firm you happen to have today is not your dream firm. And we know that because you wouldn't be working with dream firms if it was. And so we then look forward and we go, what's your point B? And what are the systems that we need to get you to your point B? And that is the foundation of the Eureka moment. They go, I've never seen it like this. I've never seen my business in this capacity. And now that I've seen it, I can't unsee it. And that to me is the, is the best compliment we can get. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Because one, you know, when the, throughout your marketing approaches and um, they start to build that trust and you meet with them, they like you and they like you, they trust you. Now 
they're all in and, and the sky's the limit and that's the best part. And so in, in working with your clients now, you, um, uh, so we, we talked about the lead generation, we talked about the approach. Now we got to do the work. <laughs> so this is where I, I see and, and allocating the time because accounts, it's like, uh, depending where you read 65, 60 to 70% of their time is in compliance and, 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 and customer uh, client interactions and, and, and correspondence. And then like that other 30, 35 is in working in the business. And, you know, it's, it's you need to switch that around. So that leads into the whole uh, effective time management, right? And so wh where do you even start with that? I mean, you got to have the right staff, you got to have the right approach, but um, now that, that they got the client, they're meeting with the client, now it's time to implement the work, you know, kind of where do you direct the client from there? Yeah, so I think there's maybe two parts to this question, which yes. is how do we create delegation and leverage for our clients so that we're not the bottleneck in our own business? And how do we also have the appropriate time to be able to work on the business instead of in it? So yes. uh, first and foremost, shameless self-promotion. We have an awesome program. It's Igniter. It's uh, 67 bucks. As of this, as of this price might go up. Uh -huh. uh, but point is, is check that out. Uh, we have a time mastery training in there. And, and, and it's literally about how seconds add up into minutes, minutes add up into hours. And it's the tiny little things that we may not even really realize yeah. that are just, just eating a lot of your time. And, and one of the things that I'm more than happy to share from time mastery is uh, we run a we run webinars on CPA Academy, free CPEs, come check it out. We'd love to have you guys, uh, anyone watching this, come, come pick up what we're putting down. But one of the questions we ask is, do you currently use an online scheduling tool? And 70 to 80%, okay, of all respondents say no. And mm -hmm. that blows my mind because the entire profession has a huge emphasis on hourly billing. And I'm not a huge fan of hourly billing, but I understand why we default to that. But but, but, but we can't not leverage the tools of the 21st century in the digital age to protect your most precious resource, which is your time. So that's the first part is what are the small things, the small systems, not huge things, the small things that we can get in place that will continue to win back your time over and over again, right? If you win back uh, 20 minutes every week, by the end of the year, you're going to win back like 30 hours, right? Like you're going to win back like a full work week. And, and, and sometimes we don't really think about in that capacity. So that, that's one part of that. The second part of this um, is you have to carve out your time so that you can work on your business instead of in it. Because if you don't set your own expectations, you're going to, meet, you're going to miss them every single time. And um, the way that I like to have people think about this is there's five days in the work week, okay? And everybody's feel familiar with the 80-20 rule, okay? What I like to say is there should be one day in the work week where you are unable to be interrupted. This is your day to literally work on your business. I like to say work on your business Wednesdays. Today's Wednesday. I'm working on my business today. All of our clients are working on their business today. We just block it out. No email, like no client work. It's just we're going to stay focused on building systems, Another approach is you can choose to take, um, uh, I like to say, if you're uncomfortable with that, you have to time block at least one to two hours per day. And if you can do that, 
and just block everything out, get laser focused on whatever the most important thing that's in front of you, you're going to have a lot more success. The other part of the question uh, that you had asked there, Sean, is, is now moving from doer to director, right? Getting more into the delegation side of things. And delegation to me is, is, a, is an awesome thing. But the only way in which you can successfully delegate is if you document your processes so that someone can meet your expectations, right? The root failure of all, of all disappointment is improperly set and mismanaged and miscommunicated expectations. So the same thing is true for your clients as it is for your staff. If your clients come in and you didn't properly have them understand what they're getting, what the price is, what the deliverables are, how often they're going to be able to meet with you, what the frequency is they can access your expertise, like all of these things. Well, whose fault is it if the client is confused, doesn't understand why their price is getting adjusted? They're like, what's going on? We didn't set the expectation. And the same thing is true for team members, whether it's an outsourced individual, whether it's an in-house individual, it doesn't matter. If you don't have it clearly understood what you need them to do and have the visibility to ensure that it's being done to your standards, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to be a bottleneck in your own growth. And the clients, they don't really care, right, Chris? I mean, like, as long as the work is done, they don't really care, to be totally honest. As long as it's being done at the uh, the firm owner standards, why should anyone care, right? It doesn't really make that big of a difference who's doing it as long as it's being done at the level we set the expectation for. And um, that just comes down to clarity at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, with the, the scheduling, I, it, it's so funny because I myself, uh, before we moved to an online scheduling tool, I, I reflect back and you know, let's uh, take uh, today as an example, right? A client emails you and says, hey, can we speak at uh, 12 o'clock today? And it's like, ah, I got a call. You email back, I'm sorry, I can't do 12 o'clock today, but I could do two o'clock. Then the client emails back, ooh, two o'clock, I'm booked. I could do 2.30. You look at your schedule, you're like, oh, 2.30, I can't do that. How about four? It's like, what the heck? <laughs> Just send a link, whatever's available, book it done but and i look back and i'm like this is something we were doing on a day-to-day basis and then you forget about the email and it's next thing you know you have three double booked appointments <laughs> and so utilizing technology is imperative and then you have to find out too like as the as a the, the firm owner if they're the go-to person for everything Right. And they know that whether you're a staff associate, a director, a partner, whatever, you're always going to you. You will never, ever, ever, ever have any free time. Right. And so that delegation part and having layers underneath you, then this will work. Um, so, yeah, those those two points hit me, hit, hit with uh, rung with me hard because I was like, wait, I used to do the same thing. And then you just it's just silly. And there's just so much tools out there. So yeah, you can't be that go to person and you got to use technology. Exactly. And I have a, a, just a small story that I, I love to tell when we, when we get into this topic of delegation. So one of my father's really successful clients, his name was, was Dwayne Gravely. And Dwayne has the, what most people consider to be a dream firm, really high level of income, minimal hours worked. And the question was always how, right? Like, how do you achieve this? And, and I'll never forget that one of the stories my father told was there's a, a sign on Dwayne's door. Okay, to his office, and it says, Dwayne does nothing. 
And I just love, I love that. It's like, I do nothing because I've successfully mastered the principles of delegation and leverage at such a high level that I literally do nothing. People ask me what I do. And I say, I do nothing. And just nothing. Like, that's the life, right? But it takes, it takes time to get there. And the only way you get there is with systems and the right team members to support those systems on your behalf. And um, well, since we're talking about support teams, offshore staff, right? So what, do you, what are your thoughts about offshore staff and, 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 and where do you see it going forward now? Um, especially since you know, it's becoming more and more widely accepted in the accounting industry. Yeah, so um, let me say that I, I've, we've been aware of outsourcing for a while. We leverage it inside of my own accounting firm, although not with integrity at the time, a, a different company. But to me, it's um, we live in a global economy now. And just like the digital wave of transformation has come and, and has required you to adopt and, and stop using you know, green sheets and all those things that come along with that, uh, the same thing is true for, for team management. And I'll also say that there's, it's not for everyone. And the reason I'll say it's not for everyone is that I always say it's not about us, right? It's not, it's not what I want. It's what my dream client wants. And if you find yourself in the middle of PA and your dream client is a hardworking blue collar person from Pennsylvania, the idea that you're outsourcing American jobs is not going to, to, to go very well with your prospective dream clients. And I always want us to be painfully honest with ourselves and with our clients. And if for some reason there would be any hesitation over you being able to, to really just own that decision, then we should hesitate and make sure we explore it, have conversations with our clients to see if they'd be comfortable with it. But to me, it's, it's gotta be a well-informed decision because it is the future. And while it's not always about the lowest price, being able to have higher profit margins allows you to do a lot of different things than you couldn't if you were paying three to 400% more for essentially the same output. And I think when we really view it from that lens, it does become a business decision at the end of the day. And that business decision needs to just take a number of factors into, into consideration. But I think once you really start to weigh them, barring a, a dream client uh, disagreement, it's, it's very hard to turn away from outsourcing. And, and for good reason, the people do great work. There's incredible management, there's services like Integrity that do an incredible job of making it as simple as possible to get really high quality people. So again, um, you know, I don't think it's as, as simple as just, hey, you know, let me hire the first person who pings me off of Upwork and, and I've got outsourcing now. I, I, it, trust me, it's not that easy. Um, but uh, there are ways to be able to access what you're looking for and have all of the headaches uh, essentially removed for you, which is effectively what it's integrity offers. And that's, that's the thing, right? It, you, you said it spot on again, where it needs to be um, at the top level. You know, if, let's say you have four partners, right? One partner's all in, the other three are either not all in, don't want to hear about it, or just kind of feeling out what everyone else is thinking. It won't work. It's not for everybody. And, and you said it and, 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 and spot on because if you don't have buy-in, it won't trickle down and they'll be seen as the ugly stepchild. It won't integrate into the firm. Your firm won't reach, you know, your, your, your five, 10 year, heck, your 
two month plan. And so if you have buy-in with everybody, we're going all in with this, right? Just like with um, your, uh, your services, same thing with us. If you have buy-in, everybody's all in. I mean, the sky's the limit. And so, yeah, you have to make sure that everybody's on the same page. You can't just, you know, sneak in an associate. Hey, everybody, here's Tom from India working for you today. This is just not going to work. Um, let's see here. All right. So we are winding down. This is some really good information today. And so I want to give you the floor for some final thoughts or anything else you want to relate to the audience today. Yeah, I'll uh, first of all. Uh, Huge thank you to you, Chris, again, and the entire Integrity team. It's, a, it's an honor to be on here. Um, I'm very much looking forward to having you guys in our Proactive Accountants Facebook group for any Facebook users out there. Of course, uh, we got a free to join Facebook group. We've got, uh, we're inching closer to 4,000 members, specifically accounting professionals, uh, really high quality groups, similar interviews to what you're seeing here through Integrity and Chris. So uh, we'd love to have anyone come join that. And in terms of just a, a summary here, um, if there's only one thing that you remember from this conversation with Chris, please let it be this, is that the importance of defining your dream client at a very clear level, and this doesn't mean small business, this doesn't mean $2 million and up companies, right? Like we have to speak to someone just like Chris and Integrity are speaking to accountants, just like dream firms and myself are speaking to accounting professionals. This is very important that you speak to someone. Because if you wake up in five to 10 years from now with a business you wish you could fire yourself from, it's because you did not understand at a fundamental level who you want to work with. And that's a really important thing to understand because here's a painful truth that not a lot of people like to hear, but I like the truth. You will end up spending more time with your clients than you will with your friends and family. That might sound depressing, but it does not have to be because if you love your clients, like I love my clients, like Chris and Integrity love their clients, that's not a problem. And then on top of that, as you master the principles of delegation and leverage, that will slowly flip the other way where you'll spend more time with your friends and family than you do with your clients without sacrificing your quality of life. So with that being said, we've got a lot of cool ways you can come hang out with us. Uh, free, free, free to join Facebook group. We're on LinkedIn, very active. We've got free CPE webinars on uh, CPA Academy. Uh, if you want to check out Igniter, it's 67 bucks. And quite frankly, what you get for that is absolutely absurd. So um, yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty good summary. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Really good conversation today. Really enjoyed having you on here. Uh, we have a lot of synergies in, in what we do and try to helping our clients. And so we can easily relate. Um, we'll be working together in the future again. And just again, thank you for taking time out and uh, speaking with our audience and for everybody else, um, uh, relax, take a breather, digest everything, get ready for the next tax year. And we'll be coming back soon with more um, uh, guests in the near future. And everyone have a good rest of the week. Tyler, again, thank you so much. My pleasure, Chris. Thank you. All right. Take care.